0: So we're talking death, dying, um, heaven, and hell, um, but we reworded it. We did death, dying, hell, and heaven, and the reason why is because we didn't want everybody to leave this class feeling depressed on the last day. So uh, we're going to talk about heaven now and um, in regards to what takes place um, what takes place there. Um, so when we do ask questions at the end, feel free to continue to ask questions about hell, continue to ask questions about death, dying, those things, those, it's all in that, this context um, that you can um, continue to ask, um, but uh, today we're going to talk um, about, about heaven. So in, the, in your notes you will see, not point one, two, three, four, but you'll see about seven lines. Um, before we um, go into heaven, I just want to give us an outline of, of what's going to happen, of what's going to take place, just so we can see it. We're not going to dig into every one of these, but just so we can see it, see what's going on uh, before heaven arrives, before heaven shows up. Or before um, the lake of fire um, is done. So, number one, the, or not number one, one, but you know, the rapture has taken place. So, all of a sudden, the rapture has taken place. It's the first thing that's going to happen. God is going to come, and the dead will rise first, and we'll go meet the Lord in the air. The rapture happens. The next thing happens is the tribulation. So now, you know, the tribulation is done. Tribulation is seven years of 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 the Antichrist ruling on earth, and God's judgment coming down on earth. So seven, uh, seven years are going to take place. Uh, the battle of Armageddon uh, has been fought. Uh, this would be the second coming after the tribulation. Uh, God's coming on a white horse, and the battle of Armageddon is going to take place, and it's going to be wicked crazy, but it's going to um, end things and uh, station uh, the world up for the millennium. Uh, Satan is then chained for a thousand years, and the millennium is then going to take place, uh, going to um, on this earth for a thousand years, and there's a whole bunch of different, or not a whole bunch of different views, but some different views um, on the millennium, and this is not a class that's going to get into it. Um, D really gets into it in his class um, that takes place at 8 o'clock, um, and he's been teaching that, but we're not going to dig deep into the millennium. I'm just kind of putting it out there of, of, the, of the timings that happen. And then the final rebellion against God um, has been squashed, and what that means is after millennium, Satan will then be released, and when he is released, um, uh, Satan is going to rebel, but he's going to be um, squashed. And then he is going to be thrown into the lake of a fire. This is the great white throne judgment where Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. And then also those that are names that are not written in the book of life um, is cast into the lake of fire as well. And then we have another thing called the bea seed of Christ. And that is where um, the judgment of Christians take place. Um, the great white throne judgment is different than the Bema Seat of Christ. Uh, the Bema Seat of Christ is, is found in, in 1 Corinthians, and the reason why they call it the Bema Seat um, is because it was uh, the place where athletes received their awards. So kind of the person that gives the awards stands up, and the athletes will come, and then they will honor them in a, Roman uh, magistrates would sit there on the, the, this throne and, and minister justice and say, hey, this is what given to you, this is given to you, these are the ones that accomplishment. And Paul refers to that as the, the, uh, um, the bema seat of Christ. And that's where the Christians um, would be judged. So all that has taken place. And after all that has taken place, now what happens? Uh, now what's going to happen? Um, there is going to be a city that is going to come from, I would say the sky, but would come down from heaven. And this city is called the New Jerusalem. Number one, the New Jerusalem comes down from heaven, and we will live with a new heaven and a new earth. So all of a sudden, the dead are judged. Those who don't believe in Christ are judged. The Christians are judged. And then out of the sky is going to come a city, a huge city. And that city is in three different locations that is written in the Bible, two chapters in Revelation, and then also one chapter in Isaiah. Now, when we think of um, heaven, uh, we often think about um, beyond this earth. Um, what's taken place is heaven comes down and transforms the earth. That is what God is all about. God is not all about saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to send all this because none of it's no good. I'm going to get rid of all of it, and then I'm going to do something completely, um, completely different. Um, I would say that he is going to do something completely different, but the earth is a central piece where all the different is going to happen. Heaven will be coming down, a city will be coming down, it will be coming down to this earth, and you'll have a new heavens and the new earth take place. So is this earth going to be the same? This earth is not going to be the same. It's going to be a new, in a sense of different, in a sense of vibrant, in a sense of something that we've never seen before. But it's still going to be, you know, the planet earth. And on the planet earth, there is going to be what they call the city called a new Jerusalem, which is interesting because we will be saying the word Jerusalem for how long after we die? I think we'll say the word Jerusalem forever and ever and ever. What took place at Jerusalem? That's where we get the cross of Christ. I went to um, Israel. This is really fast. I shouldn't even say it. We're going to Israel next May. So if you want to go to Israel, May um, 2019, we're going. Take the trip. The reason why you want to take the trip is because I've been there. And I will tell you, I was in shock more than I thought that I would be. Um, The way that I was in shock is I stood on the hill and I looked over at where David conquered the Jebusites. And he says, this is going to be the place of God. I will build the temple here. The hill, you can just see it. And on that hill, everything has happened. It's the same hill that Abraham took Isaac. It's the same hill that David conquered the Jebusites and gave the hill to God. It's the same hill where the temple was built. It's the same hill where Christ was crucified. That hill is like the center of a clock. It just turns the whole world. And just by looking at that picture thinking, this doesn't only turn the whole world. The whole universe is all about that one hill. And I just tell you that I was was fascinated about it. Um, It's not only the whole universe. It's also the entire piece of eternity is about that one hill that has taken place on this earth. So God's not going to say, I'm going to disintegrate the earth. It's going to be completely gone. He's going to say, I'm going to reform the earth. And there's going to be something called Jerusalem. And it's going to be the new Jerusalem. History continues, not to unfold, but will continue to be looked upon all the way through eternity. And the same names that we have down here on this planet are going to be the same names, I believe, they are going to take place in heaven, just in regards that the new Jerusalem is coming down. So new means um, uh, we'll have a new heavens um, and new earth. What does new heavens talk about? Remember we mentioned three different heavens, and we're not going to get um, in-depth on this right now, but we did talk about um, the heavens in a, in a sense of this world, being the heavens. The heavens were created by his hands. He uses that. He uses that in that sense. You see a connection between heaven and here as well. You see an atmospherical heaven, which means that when you look up into the stars, what do you see? You see the heavens that are around the earth, and then you see a third heaven that is mentioned, and the third heaven is often uh, referred to as what is beyond the universe, Um, and that is where God, the dwelling place of God, is. So if you see God mentioning, you see the earth connection, you see the, um, the, the space connection, then you also see even beyond space, all those things are going to come into picture when we're talking about heaven. <laughs> we'll put it that way, is that it's all going to be new, but all this space is going to be opened up, and as the space is opened up, and we'll be asking these questions in about two weeks, how do we travel? <laughs> I mean, do we just sit in one area, and those kind of things, what's, you know, what's taken what's taking place. But there is a lot um, that is happening, and it is beyond our mind, but today we get a glimpse of it. And when the night comes, you can look up at the stars, and you can even see a glimpse of the things that are going to be transformed under a new earth a new, and a new heaven, just forming things a little bit different. What are they going to look like? Whew, I don't know. We just get to look forward to it. Um, heaven is not a pie in the sky. It's a, a feast on earth. So what's taking place here on earth, um, we understand a lot of things. And when we understand a lot of things that are taking place on earth, is heaven going to be completely different? Um, It will be completely fascinating. It'll be like earth to a great degree, but there's things that we're going to understand. We're going to recognize people on on earth. Uh, We will have bodies. What are those bodies going to look like? What are those bodies going to be capable of doing? Um, We'll talk about that. But it might get a little crazy, but still, we've still got a body that we understand. Hands, feet, face, you know, those things uh, will still be there. Um, Heaven is the world where we um, wish that we always had. As we're living in this world, heaven will be the answer. Go, this is what I have always dreamed for. This is where my instincts come alive. This is the world I wish we always had. But this new Jerusalem coming down to earth is the first step of what is happening, the first step of what has taken place. So we will move into the passage of the Bible, talking about the New Jerusalem, of where it is mentioned in the Bible. Before we read these passages, I do want to note again that we talked about a couple weeks ago that when it talks about the third heaven, how many passages are in the Bible about the third heaven? <coughs> there's, only, there's only like one and uh and it's when paul went to the third heaven and he uh came back and said there's inexpressible words that i can't even speak you know but the new jerusalem is something we can understand a little bit and something that is described a little bit and we can try to get a picture of exactly what it looks like we want to touch it we want to feel it so as we read these passages i want you to encourage you oh, let's put our hands on it a little bit as we explore this isaiah 65 17 through 20 for behold I create new heavens and a new earth and the former things will be remembered or come to mind but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create for behold I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness I will also in Jerusalem be glad in my people and there will be no longer be heard any I'm sorry and there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be thought accursed. So there we have a description. There's more descriptions that come in the book of Isaiah, but that is a description of the New Jerusalem, but also through the books, Pauline Epistles, we see the name mentioned. Galatians 4:25 Now this Hagar the mount of Zion Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem for she is a sla- in slavery with her children but the but the Jerusalem above is free she is our mother Hebrews 11:10 for he was looking for the city which a fa- which has foundations those architect and the builder is who the builder would not be us the builder would be would be god so when we hear the words i've been working on heaven i'm going to go prepare a place for you um this is what jesus is preparing this this city that is going to come down hebrews 12 but you have come to mount zion and the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem and to myriads of angels they will be focused on this um, as well hebrews 13 14 for, he, for here we do not have a lasting city, but we, have, we are seeking the city which is to come, which is another mention of the new Jerusalem. So this new Jerusalem is continually mentioned, is mentioned, is mentioned, and is going to come from the sky, and it is going to come down to earth. What is it going to look like? There is a description in Revelation You know what? I didn't give you the whole description. There is a description um, in Revelation, and as you read the description, which I found out was really interesting, is it gave a list of things that it was going to look like, but it even gave a longer list of things that were not going to be in it. Um, So, in other words, they explained this is going to be in it, 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 but then explained this is not going to be in it, this is not going to be in it, this is not going to be in it. So as I looked at it and I studied it, I said, you know, I can understand what it looks like more if I focus on the things that are not going to be in it, even as we focus on the things that are going to be in it. So this week what we're going to do is we're going to look at the New Jerusalem and we're going to find out what is not in the New Jerusalem. And as we're looking at what is not in the New Jerusalem, um, I think it'll open our eyes to see really what it looks like. And the reason why is because if there's a statement that says this is not there, well, that means that it's here. So we can see it, we can touch it, we can feel it. But if it says it's not there, what happens if this is removed from the earth? What would it look like? So let's just kind of look at things. The first thing that is mentioned is there will be no sea that takes place. I think this is really, really interesting um, because the first verse that mentions the new Jerusalem. He says, let me tell you what is not there. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. He just gave a huge explanation of what he saw. John is looking down on this vision, and when he gives this huge huge explanation, what hits his mind first? And there is no longer any sea. (laughs) It's just interesting that that was the first thing that hit his mind now what takes place if there's no longer any sea in, um, in uh, a, new, a new earth well if you look at this world three quarters of it um, is sea um, what does the sea do the sea um, divides us the sea, the sea separates us uh, back in John's day um, what happens is that the um, sea was a place that really haunted them in other words, if they go into the sea, are they going to come back alive? The sea takes advantage of you. The sea ruins you. The sea kills you. The sea is is dangerous. Storms come from the sea. Uh, it was a sea, it was something that they really didn't really want to touch their their hands on that much. First thing John noticed, there is no sea. The other thing that's really interesting is that um, 65% of our body is water, and 90% of our blood um, is water. If the sea is taken out, and the sea is gone, um, is there a hydraulic cycle that continues to happen? What I mean by a hydraulic cycle is that rivers flow when? Because of the rain, and the rain comes from where? The rain, majority of the rain comes from, from the sea. It is evaporated, and it goes into the air, and then it drops on the land, and then you have the, the streams that are, are going through the valleys, and the streams that are, are enter into the sea. So if you think of this Earth with no sea, um, we can get um, kind of a picture. But as we think of the picture, it's got to be it's got to be extremely radical, um, just in the sense of what are we going to drink? Um, how is the hydraulic cycle going to work? Um, what is going to happen um, in regards to there's no more tides? Um, a whole bunch of things that are going to happen as we're looking on this earth. That's the first thing John mentions. Here comes the new Jerusalem, new heavens, new earth. Oh my, there is no ocean. What does that mean? It gives us something to, to really, really ponder about over his, uh, his first response. Number three, there is no more tears, death, mourning, crying, or pain. So here we are getting a description of the new heavens, the new earth, and the Jerusalem that comes down, and you hear these words again. There's no, 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 no. We get this all in verse four. So we're only, you know, remember, we're starting the chapter talking about the new Jerusalem. We did verse one, and we got no sea. We're only on verse four, and this is what we get. Revelations 21, four. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death, or mourning, or crying or pain for the old order of things are now gone. Do we understand that passage? The answer is yes we do understand that passage and the reason why is because we know what it's like to cry. We know the tears and the emotions that are inside of us that bring this emotions to the surface and then our body reacts to the emotions that are inside and, and, and cry in um, and, and those things. So um, as I'm thinking about this, I think, you know, I proposed to my wife. And when I proposed to my wife, what did she do? She started crying. It wasn't sad. <laughs> 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 let, me, let me make sure I finish this. It wasn't, oh, no, and start crying. No, it wasn't sad. But the emotions um, were deep in their emotions of gladness, excitement. This is Our lives are going to change. But uh, these emotions... Um, were deep and they, they came out. Um, when it talks about tears, um, how deep does that go into emotions? What kind of emotions are we going to carry in heaven? Are they going to be different than we do than we have right now? I think if you wipe away the tears, I think the emotions are going to be different, Can we describe the emotions? No, but just the process of wiping away the tears say that the emotions inside of us are going to be radical. Uh, Radically what? I don't know, maybe radically full of joy. Radically full of happiness. Radical that nothing bad is going to happen. Radical that our inside emotions are going to be so at peace and so excited about where we're at that we're not going to um, contemplate um, anything that's negative at all. There is going to be a fullness of joy that is going to happen, if you're going to wipe away the tears. The next thing it talks about is there's no more death. We know what death is and what comes into death. We have to say goodbye. We talked about that this morning, that we feel like it is a curse. We feel like it is an unknown. Um, There's going to be no more unknown that's going to take place. Death is no longer going to exist. How is that going to to change things. Um, does that mean there's going to be time? What does time do? I mentioned before, time kills you. <laughs> Every time the clock ticks, you're walking where? Towards the grave. But if there's no more death, are we walking towards something? Are we aging in the process? None of that is going to happen when we get to heaven. Death will be gone. So in my mind, what's going to take place uh, with time? We can't really grab a hold of it but I do believe that our minds are going to come to light of wow, this is absolutely amazing, and I'm not going to try to keep track of things. Why? Because we're not on a clock. Um, what does that mean? You know, I can't. We can't come up with a complete um, um, understanding of it. But it's interesting that death doesn't take place. That does mess with the time as well. No more mourning. Uh, Mourning means there's no more loss. There's no more disappointment. There's no more, this is not good. Oh, this shouldn't have happened. Oh, I made a mistake. There's no more mourning. It's all complete. Um, No more crying. Emotions are going to um, change an entire direction. Uh, No more pain. Uh, No more suffering um, is going to happen. I think that we are crying. It says that creation moans and groans in birth pains for the coming of Christ, because they want to be done with that. Pain will be completely and instantly uh, wiped away. Number four, there is no more temple. (coughs) It's interesting that this word (coughs) is mentioned. And the reason why is because all of a sudden you're getting this huge, Jerusalem that is coming from the sky. You have a brand new heaven. You have a brand new earth. Why does he say? Just to let you know, there's going to be no more temple. Why would he? Why would God say that? Let's read the passage. Revelation 21:22. I did not see a temple. Remember, John is observing the heavens and the earth, and this comes to mind. There's there's no temple here. Why is there no temple here? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, were, uh Lamb, are its temple. Um, that's pretty radical. (laughs) And the reason why it's pretty radical is why did we get the Old Testament? The reason why we got the Old Testament is because the Holy of Holies was a place that you do not walk into. And if you have sin, you do not face God with that sin. Moses, back in um, um, the Pentateuch, Moses says that if you touch the Mount Sinai, you will die. If an animal touches Mount Sinai, it will die. Don't touch the mountain of God. And the Holy of Holies says, don't mess with the holiness of God. Don't mess with the holiness of God. Now what's interesting is that when Christ died, what took place? Which is a radical statement. The temple veil was what? Ripped into. You have access to what? The Holy of Holies. Therefore what we can do is the Old Testament had one sector of you are walking into something you should probably not be walking into Then you have Jesus come. The temple veil is torn. Now we can approach him with prayer. Now we can approach him with love. Now we can approach the throne room of grace with peace and rest. But this is going to be even more radical. And what's going to be more radical is that we are going to completely know God. Completely know God. Uh, Know everything about what is the word intimacy? Intimacy is to be completely... Known, completely seen. Um, It's just a a, a statement to us that we can understand as humans. But when we come into heaven, we will see God the way that He is. And I tell you that that is what's going to be the drive of rejoicing that is going to happen. So when we look at when we sinned, all our relationships were lost. We lost our relationship with God. We lost our relationships with ourselves. We lost our relationships with each other. And we lost our relationships with the earth, but there will be no more temple. A restoration of every single relationship will now be restored. Um, What is heaven going to look like? Heaven is going to function the way that this earth was designed to function. And sin does nothing but distort everything. And we are ruined as a result. Heaven is going to clean everything everything up and everybody will function the way they're supposed to function and how is that going to be? Well, we look at Christ, he functioned the way he's supposed to function. He looked at us and said, "You guys are priority. I will lay down my life for you." What happens on earth if everybody said, "Okay, I'd live for the next person. I live for the glory of God. I live to make society rich. I live to make society strong." That's what's going to take place in heaven. There is no more temple, meaning relationships completely restored, God completely seen, God completely walked with, relationships with us restored, everybody's everybody's going to be connected. uh, Revelation 21.3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and there will be their God, and he, I'm sorry, them, and be their God. Um, that's a statement that we can hold on to, that we are being embraced to the umph degree um, in regards to when we are in heaven. Number five, there is a mention that there is no more sun, no more moon, and no night. I kind of piled these up a little bit. Revelation twenty-one, twenty-three: the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. The glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. All right, what is heaven going to look like? Um, let's get just a picture of what it's going to look like. Uh, if you walk through a forest, um, what do you see? You see trees that have light on one side and shadows on the next. According to this, there is not going to be no sun that's going to be shining on trees. That the lights are going to illumine everywhere. Picture now walking through a forest. and When you walk through the forest, picture there are no shadows no shadows. Lights are underneath the, the, the leaves. Uh, lights are underneath the ground. Light is everywhere. Um, what do you think it would look like? Would it change the view of a forest if there was zero shadows? Uh, would it change the view of this world if there was zero shadows? If, would there change the view of, of anything that took place um, in regards to just the change of light being absolutely everywhere. What would this room look like if there's light <laughs> everywhere? I mean, that's, that's, there would be nothing that, because no lamps that are needed, no, nothing is needed for their light to be. Um, I think it would be absolutely fascinating to look at. What happens if we lose the sun? Another thing we lose, we don't only lose light, we lose heat. Um, and if we lose heat, are we in trouble? Um, I think we're in extreme trouble. What's the degrees? Steve probably knows the degrees of what the world would be right now if there is no more sun. We would be gone in that degree. So where are we going to get the heat? The Bible doesn't just give us a description of where we're going to get the heat, but it's very interesting that there is no shadows, and light is completely um, illuminated, uh, illuminates everything. Revelation 22, 5, he makes mention of it again. Um, there will be no more night. There will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. You will not need a lamp for anything to see. You will need, you'll, you will need nothing. Um, so just ask that question, is there going to be night? Um, are we going to need to sleep? Um. I've been in Alaska, and I don't sleep very good when you have the sun up 24 hours a day. And that's when I closed the blinds. I do not like the sun up because light mean, or darkness means it's time to go to bed because we need rest. God made it function that way. But it's really interesting that um, would we sleep at all when it comes to heaven? Um, just with no light, I believe that we will not sleep. And then again, we'll be completely um, at rest. Really interesting where we're at. Uh, The other thing is, number six, there is no closed gates. It's really interesting that there's no closed gates. There is going to be um, a city. People are going to go into the city, and people are going to go out um, of the city, but you will not be confined into its doors. Why, if God's going to put a city, does he say, oh, by the way, there's going to be no gates on the city? Why is that really so much important? Um, I believe it's important because we're not going to be confined. We're not going to be confined. It is going to be the place where we go into the throne room of God and we see, but there's going to be other accesses to other things. What other accesses are we going to touch? Are we going to come out to? Um, well, we forgot, we, this is a city, the New Jerusalem. We still have a universe to play with. <laughs> uh, I mean, is that what it's saying? In the sense of there's no gates. You can come in and out of the city. This is going to be the capital. This is not the place. It's not, here's a city, it's done. It's here's a city, here's a capital. Come and go in and out. Come and go where? Do we just travel the world? Or do we travel somewhere else? You know, what is what is taking place? Um, I don't know. <laughs> but it's fun to, to think about in a sense that gates are there for a purpose. And why are they mentioned there for a purpose? Why is that brought up in regards to um, the new Jerusalem? Um, we have an infinite universe. This is John MacArthur speaking. We have an infinite universe to travel and choose. Uh, and I mispronounced a travel I, I got a word that's misspelled we have an infinite universe to play with is kind of what it's saying so it's, the word is misspelled I can't can't even read it after what it is so Revelation 21:25, on no day will its gates ever be shut and there will not be any night there either it is going to be activity 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 we will go in and out of the capital and enjoy number seven no impure thing will ever enter We will all function the way that we are supposed to function, and if that takes place, we can call it absolute heaven. If everybody functions the way they're not supposed to function, what do we get to call that? hell <laughs> i mean that's 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 the difference right there everybody functions the way they're created to function everybody functions the way that we're not created to function one side or the other the earth is kind of in the middle but that's one side or the other heaven and hell and hell is hell if we all function the way we're not supposed to heaven is heaven if we function the way that we're supposed to no impure thing will ever enter revelation twenty one twenty seven. nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but those, only those whose names are written in the book of life. People are not going to be shameful, deceitful. No sin is going to be there whatsoever. Uh, Number eight, uh, there will be no more curse. Isn't it interesting that you're just getting a list of this is what's not, 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 not? Because we can understand it. We understand the curse of sin. What has it given us? It's given us death. It's uh, completely destroyed our relationships. It's given us old age. Um, it's given a world that produces thorns. We understand the curse. The curse is going to be completely and entirely, um, entirely lifted in this description of the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and the new earth. Um, Revelation twenty-one twenty-seven or 22, 3, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. So looking at all the no's, um, just kind of wrapping it up, it's just really interesting to see what takes place in the sense of where we live and what is going to be changed. And we find that in um, Genesis, and then we find that at the end of Revelation. Number nine, human history begins in the garden, and then where does it end up? It ends up um, in a city, which is really interesting. Um, If you look at Genesis... And we just see the creations. We see God created the, the heavens and what? The earth. In Revelations, we see a new heaven and a new earth that is created. In Genesis, we see the sun is created. But of course, new, new heavens and new earth created. They give an explanation that there will be no need for the sun. We see that night is established. Uh, we see that there will be no night. It's just interesting. There's no, 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 no. But when he's created, 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 do you see the parallel that has taken place? The sea was created, and then we get what? There is no more sea that is there. The curse is announced, and we get the comment that there will be no more curse. Death enters to history, and then there will be no more death that happens. Man is driven from the tree. Man is restored completely and entirely in paradise. That's man slash woman. Um, in, in that regard, uh, sorrow and pain began, and then you 'll have no more tears take place. See, this is on the both ends of the bookmarks of the Bible. Uh, what is God about? Are we get a video? You guys were getting all impressed going, "Wow, Mike brought something good in and i didn 't even get it. <laughs> Come on, give us a little bit of heaven, Nick. <laughs> I thought it, was, thought it was all over. I thought Christ was coming back. That's right. It's, just the, it's, it's both the ends of the bookmark. Um, but what do you get in the middle of the story? You get the cross and the resurrection that is the center of the bookmark that puts everything everything together. But what's interesting is the parallels from both ends of the bookmark are exactly the same this is what's created, and this is what there's going to be no more of. Now next week we're going to look into what is there going to be. <laughs> this is just what there's not going to be, but as you can see it, what the knots do give us a revelation of what the new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth um, is, going, um, is going to look like. All right, so we'll open it up for questions, comments. Oh, lots of questions. Good, good, good. (laughs) It mentioned in one of your points that no bad stuff will come into the city. The gates won't allow bad stuff to come in. But once we're in the city, is there any bad stuff left out there? Say that one more time. Once we're in the city, Mm -hmm. is there any bad stuff left outside the city? No. It won't allow it. um, I think that there's a statement that is going to be completely pure, and that's what that statement is, is that there is nothing there. Nothing is going to come into it. Um, It's just a statement that says it's not out there and could come in. It's a statement that nothing is around. Nothing is going to walk in those doors. Nothing is going to be there. Good question, but I believe that there's nothing that's out. There's nothing that is out there. And our memory... um, uh, will be erased with um, a lot of the evil that has taken place in the earth.
1: You said no more temple. What about Ezekiel's temple?
0: Um, e- great, great, great question. Ezekiel's temple, we have to go back to the front page. Ezekiel's temple exists um, in between, um, um, during the millennium. And uh, so that's a thousand-year thousand reign. It is a pre-temple that has taken place before the heavens come down. But that's a, um, a great question um, because we have to find out where all these things are at. And that is exactly where Ezekiel's temple um, is at before the final rebellion of God has um, squashes in the lake of fire and the judgment of the Christians. So that's the timeline of Ezekiel's temple. Yeah, Mike. Oh, Terry.
1: Okay, Mike, so can you explain the difference between new heaven and a new earth? Because in Isaiah 65, it talks about both of them. And then along with that, can you explain why it talks about death in that, I think it's verse 20, when it, when it talks about death when we're going to be in heaven for eternity?
0: Um, you're talking about the millennium. Inside the millennium, there is going to be, there is going to be death that takes place. The millennium is um, a very difficult topic. Um, and what I mean by the difficult topic is that I'm glad I'm not tackling it. I'm glad that D's working with it. He can work with it all he wants. There is one passage that, um, that is in, um, that talks about specifically um, um, about the millennium in Revelation, and that's the thousand years. Um, inside of that, there will be death. There will be birth that has taken place. And um, when it comes to the new heavens and the new earth, um, I can't just sit here and explain this is what it's going to look like um, beyond what it says in the new Jerusalem, but it's going to be new, 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 new. And we're going to kind of talk about that word new um, again. It is going to be different than here. Our bodies are going to be the same bodies, and we had this conversation, but it's going to be a new body. Our body is going to have fingers, it's going to have hands, you'll be able to recognize me, but it's going to be immortal. Um, it's not going to get sick. Um, it's not going to um, have a stomach that's digesting food, and the food that it does not digest, it kind of comes to my love handles, you know, those kind of things. That's not, those things are not <laughs> going to happen. It's going to be uh, a new body that even D talks about, say, I can't wait till I get that new body. It will be his same body but it will function a little bit different. And the way that we can kind of get a picture of how it can function different is when Jesus came back as a resurrected Savior. All of a sudden, he just walked through the walls. Uh, but yet you can still touch him. You can still feel him. And he ate fish, you know, on the, on the riverbank. Um, his body was a resurrected body. It came to life. But as it came to life, completely resurrected, completely put back together, there is a word new on it <laughs> that means it came up out of the ground but it's new. That's the same way with the world. That there is a world that's here, there's a Grand Canyon here, there's all this stuff here. Something's going to happen where we're going to go, wow, this is new. But yet it's going to be, oh, this is planet Earth. I think there's going to be two things that are going to take, take place. And we're not going to say, well, this is the old Earth. We, we could say, this is the, not the old Earth, it's, it's, a, it's a new Earth. So that would be the difference between the new and, and the old. In my, in my estimation, in my understanding. The microphone: Bye.
1: Well, I think you answered part of it for me, but uh, I know since that uh, during the millennium you're going to have people dying and you're going to have peop- and evil and you're going to have uh, a rebellion um, and there'll be death not in us because we'll have new bodies, but in the rest of the people that carried over uh, after uh, Armageddon. But um, then my question has always been, when is, when is the New Jerusalem coming? Because it can't come—well, for one thing, in Ezekiel, it talks about uh, God building this temple that's not built with human hands in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and uh, all of the Jews will be saved and live there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there'll be some that are still alive during that time that, that die. But, uh, so that leads me to believe that the new Jerusalem uh, that talks about coming out of heaven will have to come after the millennium. Anyway, that yeah. was my.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I would say that it does come after um, the millennium. That um, the, um, after the millennium takes place, there's a couple things we know. We know that who's released. Satan is released. So we know if there's a thousand years and something happens in a thousand years, after a thousand years, Satan is released, and then Satan is what? Ba- um, no, he's bound to the millennium, but he's then released, and then he's crushed. He goes to um, the lake of fire. <clears throat> and that's when you get everybody judged at the, white, um, uh, the great white throne. Not everybody. The unsaved judge, those who are not written in the book of life, then they are judged with Satan, and then you get the Bema Seat of Christ. And then after the Bema Seat of Christ, something's going to happen. The sky's going to open up, and the new Jerusalem's going to come down, and heaven's going to (coughs) start.
1: You know, you're talking about there's going to be no sea. Well, before the flood, everything was watered from the ground. There was no rain Mm -hmm. until the flood. So, you know, I never realized that until I started reading one of these books. But now, when, when the new Jerusalem comes, there will be, there's going to be no death. There's going to, what happens, what is going to happen to a kid that died as a kid? Does he come back as a kid, then grow from then on, or how's that going to work?
0: That's a great question. <laughs> I don't think I'd recognize you when you were 20. Am I going to see you when you were 20 and go, oh, Dan? <laughs> sorry, I just had to say that for Dan. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just kidding, Dan. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a great question. What age are we going to be at? What are we going to look like? Are we going to be recognizable? You know, all those things um, are going to take place. Um, you don't get a specific answer. This is, this is what we're all going to, um, to look like. I just know that we're going to be strong. And I will also say, I mean, I just say we're strong. I'll also say that um, um, Jesus had no majesty or beauty to attract us to him, as it's written in Isaiah chapter 53. And he will look the same um, when he is there. Um, and, in one sense, we're going to worship him. We're going to praise him. We're going to glorify Everything's going to be just, you're amazing. You're awesome. So there's not going to be the looks that are going to be, there's going to be no judgmental at all. It's just going to be, you know, everybody looks good, I guess. We'll just say everybody looks good. Since <laughs> the Bible doesn't say it, we'll just say everybody looks good.
1: And during the thousand-year reign for Christ, when Satan is bound, what's going to go on with sin for that thousand years? If, if uh, Satan is bound, will there be
0: sin? There will be sin. Um, sin comes specifically from our heart. Um, If Satan was killed, thrown in the lake of fire right now, um, we would be the way we are. Because sin comes specifically from our heart. We live in this category um, of flesh. Um, Satan is an organizer of sin. He's a structure of sin. He puts a government on sin. Okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. Okay, what can we do to kill people? Evolution, give people's minds, move. And that's how Satan is working with the concept of sin. Uh, He is feeding off of us. He doesn't make a sin; we sin, and he organizes it. <laughs> um, it's a good question, but I would say the structure and the organization of, of sin that um, that is there, and um, that's what that's what I would end up saying. But that's that's a very that's a very good question. There is a belief, and it's not. Um, some people might say, oh, no, it's wrong. But um, I went to seminary, and when I went to seminary, people carry the different beliefs, you know, in regards to the millennium. It's not very clear. Um, there is a belief that we are in the millennium right now, that this is the millennium and that Satan um, is bound. And if he was turned loose even worse, it would be even even crazy, crazy, crazy worse. Who knows, you know, what's going to happen when, when that takes place. When we see the tribulation happen, and be like, whoa, Satan is you know, turned loose um and there's a structure a time structure that they have in regards to all those things that taken place um so the problem with that is that revelation no longer really makes a statement because christ literally you know came 100 you know um 100 i don't know what their date that they, they pull it out but the christ has already come because it says that this generation has will not pass away before you see my return do we take that literal Take that literal, Christ already came because the generation hasn't passed before we return. And now we're living in the millennium under the Holy Spirit and with Christ and with Satan being down, bound. In other words, things can get worse when he's released. There's an argument that's out there that, um, that uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to grab a hold of and put our hands on everything. And the millennium is very tough because there's only one passage that describes the millennium And in those things, and Millennium has taken a lot of different directions.